0: Uh, John is uh he is out, and I might reach in with a couple of our people. he's kind of out doing his thing, but I'm gonna try to be quick oops, because we got some dinner for you. But uh, afterwards we're eating, so I'll be quick. Um, um but uh, what's that? That's right. Yeah, yeah up the word first. Um, Just kidding. So uh, does anybody remember what we've been talking about on Sunday nights? By chance? Maybe? Vision. Yeah, exactly. Vision. So uh, 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 John initially talked about discipleship. He talked about that's like our ultimate end goal is to see people disciples, see people being Christ followers. And then uh, we talked about, uh, I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, do you remember what we talked about in terms of our vision, how we kind of structure some things? Does anybody remember? Um, we're talking about like the art specific church. Yeah. I Meeting in the church, then we passed it up. Yeah, exactly. Somebody was listening. Jason was listening. Julian was not. Uh, so, together, always, always the case. That's all you remember is eating together. Yeah. <laughs> No, we, we do it together. That's part of it. But uh, so if we were to say, like, as a church, we really try to um, look at Acts. Is this God breathed church? Like, it's the is this in its purest form. So we really try to model our church after Acts. And so when we look at Acts, we just pull a lot of things, and we really try to break it down to its simplest forms and make it um, easy for everybody if we can. Even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes, uh, it feels like it can be really hard. Sometimes at Summit, we understand that. I think um, I think it is hard sometimes because we really try to be based off relational atmospheres versus uh, uh, um, maybe programmed atmospheres. And so, and so we really do look at Acts as this um, as the church in its purest form, and really try to glean some stuff of how to structure ourselves as a church from the Book of Acts. So as we looked in Acts. Two, last, uh, last time, we looked at how they, they began to meet together in the temple, uh, in a big group, and then they break up and go house to house, and some things that were really important to them were teaching and fellowship, so teaching of the Word and fellowship with one another, breaking of bread, or eating or celebrating the Lord's Supper together, and prayer. So they would spend a good portion, it says even day to day, doing those things. They would spend their days um, invested in one another, dis- uh, seeing discipleship taking place, and those were the main things that were taking place: was teaching of the word, fellowship, breaking of bread, and, and prayer. So we, as a church, spend our time. Uh, Sundays is our big church gathering. We meet there, and then we break up house to house or into smaller groups and try to and try to. Um, uh, and meet those or do those things there so we spend a lot of time trying to equip people within our house movements you know so just recapping you all we try to really say that's a place for you to grow in the Lord that's a place for you to see your gifts um, rise to the top that's a place for fellowship and intimacy to take place that's a place for us to pray for each other's needs is in our house movements or what we call house church and then if we even were to break Summit down further, another part of our, um, our DNA, you might say, is in what's unique to Summit. And then after we're all said and done tonight, I'd like to open it up for questions, if that's all right. So maybe if you're, you have some questions about Summit Church, maybe some people who have been new- newer, you maybe you have questions about how we run things or whatever, me and Kevin are here to try to um, answer all your questions uh, but uh, it, I don't know if you'll have any after tonight, but we'll give it a try. Stephen doesn't have any. Um, but, so we'll try to uh, answer any questions about any scope or anything that you may have uh, questions about. But Acts 2, we start to see something happen. Acts 2, and um, in, in, in I'll read back in 42. Acts 2, 42, we read this already. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching uh, and the fellowship and the breaking bread and the prayer, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and had many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common and they began selling their property and possessions and they were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. day by day continuing with the mind in the temple of breaking bread from house to house. So they were taking meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So, there was this cool thing that was taking place there in Jerusalem. But what do you see that was specifically happening in Jerusalem? What was happening there? They were basically starting to gather a whole lot, right? They were beginning to, you know, what do you think that scene would be like? It was probably a pretty neat scene to be a part of. Uh, uh, it was probably a pretty, pretty cool thing to be a part of, um, seeing all, all that the Lord was doing, all, how the Lord was just um, manifesting himself. But they began to kind of gather. Now, does anybody see a problem with that? Anybody? We can spread the gospel across the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any scripture to go along with that? Like in Genesis, God commands them to go spread out over the whole earth, and when they gathered together at Babel, he got mad and made them scatter. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that. You know, like he definitely at Babel, um, they were all congregated there, and he caused them to spread out. Any other thoughts about that? Any other scripture?
1: Matthew 28. Yeah, Matthew
0: 28. Easy one, right? Let's just go there real quick. So they're they're beginning to congregate together. They're kind of like just hanging out with one another, living life. I shouldn't say they're necessarily just hanging out. There's a lot of different stuff, a lot of cool stuff going on, but you know it. But uh, uh, 16, Matthew 28, 16, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." So, do you see any problem? Do you see that mandate? That's the last thing that Jesus says before he resurrects in heaven, right? This is like this, this, this mandate to go, therefore, making what? Disciples, right? So they're mandated to go, therefore, and you've heard this probably a hundred times from here. I just want to I, I drill it into your brain if I can. But um, the, the, what's the problem if they're in Jerusalem and they're just hanging out with one another? What's the problem there? They're not making yeah, they're not, making just, they're not going to the nations first and foremost, right? They're not evangelizing. So, the, the, the initial problem with being a gatherer church, a church that just spends its time gathering, is, is you're not going anywhere. Uh, in, in the sense that if you're just hanging out with one another in Jerusalem, everything's all good, it feels real nice to be there, you know, we've got all things in common. You're not diversifying yourself in any sense or form in, in reaching out to the world. So, there's this, this mandated thing... To, to be a missional-minded church, you have to actually go somewhere to do that. And so if you're just hanging out together all the time, uh, you're, you're not actually going anywhere. So the, the mindset that we've got to transfer from, first and foremost, is you've got to transfer from uh, uh, being a, um, uh, a gathering congregation of people that just want to hang out Which there's nothing wrong with hanging out. I don't want to say that, uh, you know, we like to hang out a lot. We hang out a lot with one another. But we've got to be a church that is also in the same sense, and just as much so, a church that desires to send out, to go, to to go outside the walls, you know, to go out to places, that you're integrated into your schools, that you're integrated into the places where you live, that, that you're a going church. And we're going to talk briefly kind of what that looks like, But that you are missional-minded and not a um, uh, uh, sit-at-home type or uh, just gather and hang out type-minded. So that's obviously the first problem. But the the second one may even be a little bit bigger of a problem. And this is a little bit harder to work through. What's What's the second part of the Great Commission? You have the first part, which is go, right? What's the second part? Make disciples. Now, you may not realize this right away. Okay? You, may not, you may not figure this out, because it, it, it does take some experience just within the world, to, 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 um, within church world, I guess you might say, to kind of figure this out. But can you effectively make disciples, if there's an optimal environment to make disciples, is it in a gathering type church? Why not? What do you think? What do you think? Like, bad question. Uh, Steven was joking. Uh, not unusual. <laughs> you know, when you about Stephen, he's constantly joking. He's uh, got small airways. Uh, uh, yeah. So, do so, so, you see the struggle? What's the struggle with making disciples within a church that just gathers all the time? What do you think? What are some struggles there? What might be some struggles Never face hardship. Never face hardship. That's really good. I really like that. Never face hardship. Why would they never face hardship? Because nobody out of the world is going to be persecuted. Alone. Yeah, I think definitely. You never experience anything different. You never experience anything different. Why does that, like, help you? Why does that help you just in your growth of becoming a disciple? What do you think? Uh, sometimes you have going to go <coughs> through the before you go into a garden. Yeah, definitely. That's good. That's really good. I've been reading this book by Malcolm Gladwell. I like Malcolm Gladwell a lot. He's a really interesting guy, Um, kind of goofy guy. But so they did a study of like CEOs, right? Of top companies and all these CEOs, they had them raise their hand. How many of them had dyslexia? And and a good portion of them, it was like 70% had some form of a learning disability, right? Why would they become CEOs? Why would 70% of people become CEOs who are, or become successful people uh, uh, become CEOs of companies. Why? They had to work through it. They had, work through it. They, they had to overcome it, right? They had to get through some stuff to become who they were. In, in the same way, like if we become a gathering church, gathering church can be kind of easy, but if you're going through some stuff, you have to cling to the Lord in a new way. You have to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to get me through this stuff just so I can get to where you're taking me. And so if you're going, if you're gathering, it's real easy just to come to a a church where they've they've got a full-time staff, they've got the best musical programs, they've got a seat ready and warm for you that you know you're going to sit in every single Sunday. That is really easy. If you've got to come to a place and you've got to put some time and effort into doing ministry with the people around you, you are going to become a better disciple for it. You will become a better disciple for it. Now, the other thing, this is kind of interesting. This is a malcolm guy deal as well, um, and that's kind of interesting. But um, there's this idea of a big fish in a little pond and a, li- and a big fish in a little pond, which is harder to be? okay? Sounds you a little
1: did I? Yeah you did okay. a big <laughs> fish in a big pond. Is
0: that right? Yeah or a big fish in a little in a little pond. No, no, I'm going big <laughs> fish. I'm going big fish first. Big fish first. Go with big fish. Okay. And, okay, I want you to think this through. So so in a in um, in a, in a in a bigger church, I'm not, even, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with bigger churches. I'm saying maybe more of established churches, things of that nature, things that have things going on. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with bigger churches. But in a, in a, in a, um, in a church that doesn't send people, that just has their, their programs, what's the possibility of you stepping out and becoming the man or the woman that the Lord's calling you to be? you you have a word on your heart from the lord think about this realistically i'm not trying to be harsh you have a word from the lord in a big gathering style church where you know what's going to happen week in and week out where you what's the chance of you speaking that word of the lord minimal minimal what chance are you going to have to do that there's no chance for you to do that and so it's not about becoming the big fish and, uh, and that's not a, that's not about it's not about that because um, we don't believe in big fish here necessarily. We just believe that here's here's the thing. Go to this scripture. Go to uh, Matthew thirteen twenty three. Matthew thirteen twenty three. So, Jesus is giving giving this parable of the the seeds, and um, you've heard it plenty of times before about uh, the different soils that the seed is placed into and how some gets choked out. Finally, he gets down to the, 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 the final seed, right? The final soil. And this is what he says. And the one whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is a man who hears the word, understands it, and indeed, bears fruit, brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Okay, so real simple, right? What's the last soil? What is the last soil? It's a good soil, right? But what is it? It's dirt, yes. In the, the, the in the parable. <laughs> the <terrible laughs> has a meaning. And what is, what is it? It's later explained. It's a Christian, right? The good soil is where the seed takes root in a person's life. Now, what do you notice about the seed that takes place in good soil? What do you notice about it? It bears fruit, it bears fruit right? There's no seed that doesn't bear fruit of some kind. Or good seed, Here's the thing. If you're a Christian in a gathering... Well, let me start with this. We firmly believe... The elders firmly believe that all of you have fruit to bear. That there's there's fruit that's coming out of your lives. You've just got to be put in the right place and empowered and released to see that fruit come forth. We've got to release you to see that take place. That... Each of you have something to offer the church and it's not for you to come sit your butt in a, in a pew every, every weekend. And so and your lot is different here. Some of you are just meant to bear, uh, uh, um, some are meant to, to bear a hundredfold. That's the more talented. there's just going to be more talented people to some degree in a church. Some are 60. But some are 30. That's still fruit that you're meant to bear. That, that's, that's something, a portion that the Lord has given you. And it's not our job as the elders to stifle you from seeing that fruit born whatsoever. We've got to release you to go, to, to go see that fruit take place in your life. And we need to empower you to do that as well. So, so what happens in, in the gatherer mentality... Is is <coughs> we need to attract right? The gatherer mentality says if we put on good music, if we put on good preaching, um, we're going to we're going to attract people. The, when it comes to discipleship, this is what happens in discipleship most of the time now. Discipleship is broken down into programs. So they say, well, everybody's got to be
1: streamlined into the same thing.
0: And so, and so the, the, there's this, this idea that you need to be under the same curriculum. So you'll have a small group, but everybody will be doing the same, the same material within the church. And then there'll be other things. Instead of saying, we need to send people out, we've actually got to retain people. That's the idea, is we've got to retain people. But within a, a, the concept of a, a sending church... We believe you've got to be equipped to go out and do ministry. So we're going to release you to be autonomous within the groups that you're in. Does that make sense? So you've got to be autonomous. You've got to be growing. You've got to be bearing fruit. There's got to be a relationship with the the Lord in your life. You can't come and, and just sit in a pew and it be all right in this church. You're not going to get anything from it. It's going to be the most disconnected experience that you'll ever have. But if you have a desire to, to plug in, to, to begin to be released, to be empowered, all those things, we want to see that happen in your life. We want to release you. And then it doesn't come to the place where we want you to gather here and stay here necessarily. Now, we need some people to stay here. Otherwise, we wouldn't be at a meet. You know? We need a core group of people. But it gets to the point where we say, and, and this, is a, this is a big thing for a sinning church. I didn't read this passage. I'm a, I'm a dummy. Okay, Acts. Go to Acts. This is what was meant for the church and what the Lord had to do. Acts 8. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on the day, this is talking about Stephen. And on that day, great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. So, what happened to the church? They were gathering. They were meant to go. They ended up staying in a place. The Lord had to persecute them to get them out. And so he he, he used persecution to send them out to all the whole world, and and the church blew up at that point. In the same way, we've got to be a church that sends out disciples. And and listen, I think this is different than even church planning. Because church planning, you go and you try to figure out how can I put together music, how can I put together preaching, how can I do these different things to gather people, right? Like I can, we can do that. We can go and say, um, Julian, you're going to go preach. Tim is going to lead music, and uh, you know, TJ is going to play the organ. You know, and it will attract some people, and we can call it a church. Yeah, uh, you know, we can just go say we're playing at a church. That's not the point necessarily. It, the, the point is not to, to plant churches. I, I think that movement has kind of got it wrong. The, the point is to send out disciples. Into the world. That's right. That's good. And so, and so, as the disciples um, go out to the world, they integrate their lives into the places around, and they they've been empowered and they've been released to do what the Lord is calling them to. And churches naturally form up around that. There's no systematizing it there. There's no programming it there. There's nothing about it. The Lord did it all. Jesus did it all. And so we find ourselves. In a place of being, a, we've tried to place ourselves strategically, being on this campus, so that we send people out. You know, they come through, they get disciple for a few years, and they're constantly going through. Now, we've had some people stay with us, and we're super thankful for that. But, but there's, it, ultimately, um, a lot of people end up going out of it. And we're okay with that. They make a difference. I mean, if I can just give you like a testimony of Trey. Trey, Trey came through here. Trey Barnett, is, uh, uh, he came through here. He had the opportunity to, be, uh, to just be discipled here, to, to preach here, to, to just do some different things. And now he's had the opportunity. He goes and works on Wildwater River with a bunch of hippies who are smoking pot all the time. And he gets to lead a Bible study with them right on the river. We were down there with them, you know. He used to play a part in some different ministries. And, and we have had the opportunity to send him out rather than say, we want to hold on to him. Even though we'd love for him to stay. And, and, he, and he has this ministry there um, that all you guys are a part of. All you guys have got to see some people go out. And so a big part of our ministry is just that. And, and along with with that is we try to integrate our lives into the, into the world around us. So we work jobs with you guys you know that if you're a gathering church, you hire a staff, right? A staff that's big enough to support your programs that you got going on. So you hire a full-time pastor, you hire a full-time youth pastor, you hire a full-time college pastor, you hire a music minister. You hire all those things, and, they, and they're, you have no idea what's going on in their lives. They, they're, they're running the programs for you, so you can just show up in a place. Because we're a church that says it, it's, it, that's not okay for your life, um, uh, uh, a lot of us, you know, like Tim, lives in relative poverty, so he can minister to you guys. That's the truth, though. You know? Now he's being taken care of. Don't get me wrong. it's my wife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's perfectly taken care of. The I Lord's mean, provided in every way. Yeah. It, it, oh. Tim eats sometimes. <laughs> they switch meals. Back and forth. But here's the deal. They've got to see the hand of the Lord in every step of their life. To, to see the Lord um, ordain certain things to take care of their needs because they've decided um, that um, it's better to do what the Lord's called than to take the easy road sometimes. And so, we're a hard church at times. I understand that. We're a real hard church at times. But uh, we really hope that in the end, we'll s- it'll be more fruitful. And so, does anybody have any questions about that specifically? Does that make sense? Um, let, me just, let me just end just this, and you can have... You can ask questions about anything, and if there's no questions, <coughs> we'll just do a song and eat. But uh, this this is um, Luke 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke 10. Now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others. This is 10, 1, Luke 10.1. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him, every city and the place where he himself was going to him. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest, into his harvest. So, um, if your prayer would be for this church is that he would raise up laborers, people that would uh, just invest their life into being a laborer seeing that harvest um, whatever it would be like 30 fold 60 fold, 100 fold, whatever whatever the Lord would choose you know, that's got to be a part of our prayer, part of our mission statement is to be um, people who send out workers into the harvest and, uh, and, and the, we may never know in this lifetime uh, what how many people were affected by it how many people's lives were changed uh, because of what the Lord ha- has birthed here in people's lives, you know? But I think in heaven, one day, we'll, we'll get to see some of that, you know? And, it, and it'll be fruitful, uh, we'll see that harvest. So, um, I'd, like to, I'd like to open it up just to any general questions that you may have. You may not have any whatsoever, uh, but does anybody have any questions for Kevin and I? About the, I know you're all getting uncomfortable. About the vision of Summit Church, we've tried to break it down in the last couple of um, weeks. You know, like part of our main vision. Obviously, our main vision is obviously to to glorify Jesus in all that we would do. Uh, part of that is is making disciples. We really believe in making disciples. How we do that is by meeting bigger church, and then breaking up house to house with the intent and the heartbeat to send people out into the world. Does all that make sense? Easy enough? Simple, Simple enough. <laughs> He's got it. And Christian's got it.
1: No.
0: Anybody can get it.
1: <laughs> Just kidding, Christian.
0: <laughs> I love you. Um, Yeah. So anybody got any questions? Any, any thoughts, concerns, questions? I know we're
1: missing a lot of people from our our regular yeah, Kevin. I want to just say um, and Jeremy's exactly right but if God's called you here we want you here <laughs> and we need you here okay, but sure. as Jeremy said we don't need you to fill a seat on Sunday morning we need you in the battle um, and I think that's the big thing that we all need is uh, we need brothers and sisters that are, that are going uh, we've, we've always had I don't want to say always had this model but probably the last five or six years had this model of sending out people. When we started it, it sounded really good. You know, we're going to send out all these college students or all these nukes, and we're going to send them out to the world. But what ended up happening was we lost like guys like Nick, Ballinger, and Eli. And you know, God's always trimming us from the top. He he doesn't always trim us from the guys that, you know, just come to Summit on Sunday morning. Most of the time, He's going to take your best, and He's going to take them off to you know, places where you know, I can't reach them or Jeremy can't reach them, but they can reach specific people groups. So I think it's cool to see, but again, that's one of the dangers in that when you have ascending churches, there's a constant movement through that, but it, it, it is like a river. It's not a stagnant pond, right? right? I mean, which sure. is, is the good thing. But the exciting thing is, is it opens up new opportunities for everybody else in yeah. this room, because when an Eli leaves, talk about a loss. I mean, uh, I, I still cry. Um, but when an Eli leaves, that that opens up such an opportunity for people to come alongside of us and be ministers of the gospel to this entire campus and, and to, uh, to really around the world, as he did. Yeah. So, exactly. so any questions, as Jeremy said? Anything? Wendy? <laughs> yeah,
0: ask away. Ask away, please. I would really appreciate what you're saying about being ascended the church. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of churches and I don't hear that all. Yeah. I genuinely appreciate it. Um, how do you know when? When? When's the right time to send when people? You, yeah, how do
1: you discern when to, you said empower, you said release, you said yeah. send a lot of, like how do, How does the leadership of the church discern when to do that? Yeah, that's really
0: good. that's a great question. I think I think it's, um, I think it's, uh, there's, the multiple um, layers to that. But part of it is, we we typically never try to elevate people according to talents, right? So we try to say, you, you're a person is elevated within summits, like layers of elevation or whatever you want to call it, it, through a natural process, in which they've spent time, they've been committed to it. We've seen them kind of raised up within it, and then if the Lord begins to, like for Eli's Place Eli's place. If I, could, I don't want to speak on Eli's behalf, but Eli got to the place where there was no place left for him to go inside. Okay, so there was no place. You know, Eli would be better trained by actually going off at that point, getting training, and maybe he comes back at some point. But that he he, he had been to, he had dived all in. He had gone all in, grown said, okay, it's time for you to kind of go to a new place and, and, see, and see what else. So we, because we don't have a full-time staff, um, it, John is kind of full-time, but we're really both biv- vocational. there's no opportunity, not many at least, for a person to come on staff. So if they really want to dive in a little bit more, um, sometimes it's necessary for them to go other places, you know, once they've matured in the Lord. Eli actually got to the place where he was on uh, our elder board for a period of time, so he really got to sit and kind of watch it and be a part of it. He was preaching regularly. He's teaching regularly. For him to really grow, it, it was probably time for him to kind of diversify and go out. You know, And we needed to release him to do
1: that. And, and I think it's the individual's personal calling, for example. if Somebody comes up to me, and we've been walking life together. I mean, it's not somebody coming random and saying, Hey, Kevin, I'm going to seminary. Can you sign my paper to go to seminary? That's one thing. But the other thing is we're living life together, and we're seeing the way God's worked in this individual's life, and we see them growing, and we're saying, you know, hey, you can do this here, you can do this there, but God's come in them and said, hey, God's really pressing on me to go to seminary for this. What do you think? And because we're living life together and we know each other so well, we can tell them, no, you know, I don't see that. Or, you know, I feel like you're going in the right path, and I feel like that, and and God confirms that through our circumstances. He confirms it through uh, individuals' lives together, Um, but I think it's mainly living life together and knowing the individual and knowing what God has set forward for that person. So I think it's a combination of that person's calling in their life and someone's calling and, and where it matches up and says, you know, and, and honestly, some of the people that have left have been just, hey, we graduated, we're going back home, we're going to our churches, but we're going to take this to our churches. Alyssa Weaver is a good example of that, where she graduated from here. She went basically through everything that some had to offer, been on multiple mission trips. Her church back home didn't do any of that. So what she brought back to that church was a missional mindset of saying, hey, we're, we need to go – to the whole world, just like Matthew 28 says. And what that's done is energized her college group up there to go literally all over the world. So, again, for us to say, and trust me, we've missed almost every one of these to say almost every one of them. But we, <laughs> we say, hey, you know, we'd love to have you back, but a lot of times the gospel's better served scattered rather than gathered. Uh, and so I think it's the individual's calling to answer your question. And it's God's, um, the circumstances as well as confirmation within the body and saying, yeah, yeah. you know, I see that God's working in you and I, I see that God wants you to do some things. Does like that, but that answer you question your question? That help? Yeah, we've got, um, a, I guess, a statement. Um, the timing.
0: I mean, yeah, that's the truth. I mean, y'all have got to be it. We're not very good at advertising. Summit is really bad at advertising, actually. We have a website. We do have a website. <laughs> <laughs> we finally updated to get a website, uh, which is really big for us. And Ricky is running it. So, oh yeah. So we really need you guys' help in in doing that. Being a personal billboard for Jesus, not Summit. So, um, Any other questions? Any other thoughts? No questions. Well, we'll pray, and then um, and then we'll go and we'll eat. All right. Then lead a a song worship, right? No song. Okay. All right. Let's praise out. Lord, we're so thankful for your many blessings on this church. Thankful for um, the people that you have brought through our doors. The people that you have. Um, really um, we've had the opportunity just to love and be in relationship with and the people that have gone out. Lord, I pray that you would make uh, some of this vision clearer at times, Lord. I pray that you would help us to communicate a biblical um, vision for this church, Lord. I pray that we would um, be challenged by your word and see what, what took place and never settle for what's around us. May we never get the rhythms of what uh, this this world sometimes portrays, Lord, and so I pray that um, we would do that. Um, well, we would look at your word and be challenged by, it. Lord. We we just love what we love what you've done in this body of people, and that um and that you love us so well. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you would do. Thank you for the food and the hands that made it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. No announcements. No announcements. Friday. day Friday Moving day Friday